Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of No Ride Around. Um, what are we doing this time? We got a fun one today. It's, you know, it's October right now, towards the end of October. And as we're, as we're recording here at base camp, we're sitting here thinking, man, it feels good to have a year done or the season mm-hmm. done or the riding season, you know. We're in like some of the last few weekends in this area, uh, I watched people drive back from Moab um, on their Instagram and in, in Moab, it was still nice, great riding weather. And they drove through the I-70 corridor and it's nuked with snow yeah. right now, like full winter. So, um, we have a tough thing here as, as riders, we got a plan for next year far in advance. And so today we're going to talk about how to plan your 2020 cycling season in 2019 still. Yeah. Um, you know, if you did some racing this year and, or just, any kind of events, anything that was event oriented. Hell, if you just bought a new bike this year. Yeah. Right. Like anything that like you what did. does next year bring? Right. Does it just is it do you want to travel with your bike more? Do you want to go see more of what's out there? Um, or if you are racing, what does your race schedule look like? Because you need to perfect example. We came out of Golden Giddy Up, my last event of the year. And there's like a pretty harsh reality that Old Man Winter, which is going to be my first event of 2020, was 20 weeks away. Now, when you look at training blocks, not really much time to to be lazy about it. Yeah, no, and that's where I feel like there's this first jump from, hey, I ride bikes for fun, to, hey, I want to be really good at riding bikes, to I'm going to do some events. You get to a point where even if you don't want to be like, it's a job, because we don't want to kill the fun. No. You have to look at it that way. You have to look critically at it sooner than you want to um, if you want to be more successful. You know, the, the sad story is how many people get partway through a riding season. They're like, man, I've only ridden my bike like two times. There's only like two months left. And that happens when you're not proactive. I had this great conversation. This is years ago now in the gym. One of my members, he made a comment that I don't think he meant for it to stick with me, but he said, he goes, how's your day going? I'm like, I don't know. It's pretty good. And he goes, were you having a, a reactive day or a proactive day? Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. I, had I like a that. Reactive like that. day. Like I'm having a reactive day. Like all day I've just been reacting to things happening to me. You're just on your heels. Totally. Versus a proactive day. And the purpose of the episode today, today is to equip those listening and ourselves with a proactive approach to 2020 instead of reactive to what may happen to us. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking at the show notes here, you know, what, how do you plan? How do you, if you've already had a busy year, um, how do you handle the fatigue of having a busy year and keep it fun and exciting and fresh? Um, and then strategy for what your events are. Right. Um, at the, we have some fun, you know, we're starting to get um, on a uh, unrelated, but we kind of need to do housekeeping note. Um, we have, we're starting to get our 2020 sponsors. So hang on to the end of the episode and we'll go through all those as well. Um, and with some, we got some discount codes already active. Yep, yep. For for you guys, yeah. so to jump into it. We'll uh, once we're we're all done with everything, we'll um, we'll do that at at the tail end here. So, in our notes, we have we have this first question to kind of prompt us and, and lead us through. In the first question, even as I I read it and we wrote it, but as I read it again, I think I 
about two months ago, my sister calls me and she goes, Hey, what are your, um, what are your travel plans for Christmas? We go back to Iowa every other holiday each year. And this year we go back for Christmas. She goes, what, what are your travel plans? It was like August. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I can't, I don't know what my travel plan. Like, I don't know what day I'm leaving in December. I'm going to be there for Christmas. I know, I know that like, that's as far as I've got. It might be 6am Christmas morning, <laughs> but it, yeah. And it's all, I do know this. It is absolutely not on the radar and irrelevant to my life right now. Yeah. And she's like, well, we need to know, you know, because we're making our plans. Like, okay. And yet I look at this first question and it says, how do you go about setting a plan for something that seems a ways away? Um, and, and I laugh and I go, well, maybe I just don't care about when I'm going to get back to Iowa. Like, it'll happen. Glad to see the family don't care about the Hallmark holiday. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, we are going to roll in real late Christmas Eve yeah. um, and then stay for the week after Christmas. Because then everyone's not a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this planning for stuff that's far away, um, we have a, a mutual client, and he's rapidly you know, becoming part of just the group, uh, this guy Evan. And Evan wants to do Leadville next year, and he's currently wrestling. It's I've, I'm enjoying watching it because I've done all the same shit he's doing. Like, <laughs> every ounce of what he's doing from having this frantic you know it's a year away I got to get ready now to overthinking every aspect of it um so you know I think that's probably a, a, a big part of preparing for an event that's far away is don't make it more than it actually is right right so on our last episode you said, hey, you, you can't do the bike above the head photo yeah. because somebody else has already done that thing. Yeah. So, like, relax, okay? So, what's the guy's name? Alex Hanald, the guy. Uh, that guy. Oh, uh, Free Solo. Free Solo, That right? guy is a psycho. He gets to raise anything above his head when he got to the top <laughs> because no one had done that, yeah. right? So, like, raise, you want to raise a freaking flamingo above your head. Do it. Go for it. Yeah. Just use one leg. Mm -hmm. um, but, to your point... If we're planning for something that's a ways away, even if it's daunting as we think about it now, it's probably not a first. So there, it's been done before. Literally thousands of people have done Leadville. Take a nice dip, big deep breath. Like yeah. you're going to get there. Um, I always refer back to this magnet that we have um, that one of my former like client from, you know, before 2009 or something like that. Yeah. And she's a lunatic. And I can say that because she's not a client anymore. Total crazy. <laughs> and she gave me this magnet that said, um, it'll all be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. And that same thing applies here with Leadville. Like, you're, Evan, you're going to get to the finish line. I promise you. Now, yeah. are you going to hit a goal? Like, we hope so. Yeah. There's a lot of variables. But at the end of the day, like, it will happen. Relax. Today is not the day to have a meltdown about something not being on. Right. And it's so funny too, because I, I think back to one of our earlier episodes where we were talking, it was like the, the couch to event. And one of my, my tips was in order to be prepared for it was to take it seriously. Right. But there's a fine line. Yeah. Right. Like there's, it's granted it's October and it's good to build habits, but you know, to hear people talk about, oh, I'm going to do back to back. 30 mile mountain bike days, six weeks into, into, into training. I think that's setting up for failure. So yeah, take it seriously, but know that 
you know, you've got a lot of time to prepare and trying to do it all at once is probably not going to pay dividends in six months, eight months, and certainly not in a year, I think. Yeah. I mean, if you enjoy Phil Collins listening to music, don't turn into American Psycho <laughs> and start chopping people up, is what you're saying. I think you can remove the Phil Collins part of that and say, just don't chop people up. Well, you know, I mean, the movie was great. <laughs> um, so how do you go about setting a plan for something that seems a ways away? I think the strategy to make you most successful, and, and I'm going to really try hard to stay in our lane here. Like, mm-hmm. We have a fun podcast. We talk about, I think we give a, a really good approach to this idea of cycling and, and riding for fun meets for competition without sounding like uber psycho nerds. Well, we're, we're just never going to be the guys. Yeah. yeah. We're never going to be the guys from Ask a Cycling Coach. We're never like, right. that's not what we're here for. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be that. that no, me they, they fill that that spot and they do it great. Um, but I think just the real world experience of like my big thing for setting a goal, setting a plan is work with somebody who knows more shit than you do. Right. You know, so for me, planning for next year and what my goals are, like, Justin, what do I need to do next for this three months and then that six months? And, you know, so, right. you know, I, I'm i not a, a a cycling coach of any magnitude. I've got some experience doing the stuff. But, you know, work with somebody who can plan your year and right. listen to them. So my, and with us staying in our lane, I'm going to try not to turn also into the super motivating gym fitness guy <laughs> from E3, you know. Um, right. We're going to talk about this realistically. So. How do you go about setting a plan? Well, and I do ask this question when I work with people in the gym, but I love the Clark Kent Superman scenario because it can really bring simplicity to a thought pattern. So if you got to walk into a phone booth and walk out Super Harley or Super Justin or Super Insert Your Own Name, please, um, what would that look like? So if I get to walk through 2020's time portal, boom, and come out having had a successful 2020, what did I do? And I think for me, in terms of setting a plan, that's the very first thing to do to shorten the distance from now to end of next season already seems so far away, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what does that look like? I'm going to walk through this phone booth. So like for you, you're going to walk through the magic phone booth and turn into Super Harley end of 2020. What did you do? What did I do? I Well, so this gets into the goals of next year, yeah. but... Um, I won at least one race, stood on top of a podium in at least one race, and I got La Plata Grande. The big buckle, ladies. This is the first time we put this out there. Yeah, we have. The big buckle. That's a big goal. Big goal. I mean, winning a race is a big goal, but doing a sub-nine Leadville is a big, big goal. That's the that's the hag, as we it used to be referred to. Yeah, I love that. The big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. Um, podium on a race. And we have some strategies for we what that strategy. may actually yeah. look like. Yeah. And it may be a race, maybe a race series. Right. Um, but stand on a podium and that's important. I think it's an important distinction to make right now with us and our listeners listening. You've always been the dude who's done the event mm-hmm. for the sake of being a better you in that whole me versus me competition in saying, I can do this event. And so to make podium a goal, make it your my zone name means that you've matured past and i don't mean that in like a matured versus immature way but you've simply matured in your race career past i can do these things to i can perform these things right 
which is well, dope. Well, and I think we'll get to it, you know, because one of the last things uh, we talk about in our show notes is is building on on this year, and I to 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 build on that statement. Um, yeah, you know, they're all participation trophies at this point. Right, they're hard events, like you know, getting a belt buckle at Leadville is no easy thing. Finishing Breck Epic's no easy thing, but at the end of the day. And Breck Epic kind of brought that one home for me after <laughs> the whole. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back two episodes yeah. to the end of last season. Um, basically, they were the the Breck Epic buckle essentially became a participation trophy for me, and we cover that in episode one of the Breck Epic uh, recap. So, but yeah, I think you know even if it's you know a podium at a beginner race in you know a Cat Three or whatever. Um, Cause then I'll build on that and I'll build on that and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. But, uh, to go and just win something, you know? And the funny thing about winning, you know, Roger Bannister broke the, f- the four minute mile. Mm-hmm. Hadn't been broken. <clears throat> no one had run a four minute mile and he wasn't the only one trying. There were tons of people trying, um, to do it and no one had done it. And then the one guy, this, I think his name was Carl. That was close to him in breaking this four minutes, uh, and going sub four happened to be like sick at the event that Roger Bannister actually broke the sub four. But once he did it, countless others, like a dozen or so inside of like five or six months, like tons of people did it. And you know, for you, I think the podium would be the same way. It's like, wow, once you, once you do that the first time, then it changes the way that you look at the opportunities as they come across the next time. Like, Oh wow. I can take off the front and and be with these dudes, lead these dudes, whatever. So, for setting a plan for you, that's awesome. You get to see what a super Harley look like. And I think anyone, myself included, see the finished story. Yeah. Right? Like, step back and watch yourself as a TV character in a sitcom that you're not a part of. Watch yourself on, on the tube and say, what do what do I see in that character or hope for that character to do? Um, and it works really well. Yeah. I think, you know, it's that whole be the hero of your own story mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, Every good story is going to have some low points and some high points, but at the end, you know, you pull for the hero. So that's that's kind of what shapes my uh, my mentality moving into the next nine, eleven months. So, <laughs> the in in the next question we have, I think, is the hardest inhibitor to that. It is, um, you know, the the season fatigue. You know, so we we pose the question to ourselves: uh, How do you overcome season fatigue while focusing on the things ignored during riding season to plan the next year? Big breath, because there's a lot of commas in that sentence. Um, a lot of commas? Yeah. <laughs> is it a run-on? It's, it's a I'm going to send bit. that to Mrs. Adams <laughs> via Facebook and ask um, her. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know what I do, and I know what I'm doing right now. You know, everybody... I got a new bike. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't ridden it yet. And you were supposed to ride it today for the I first was. time. Do you know how windy it is outside? It's, it's ridiculous. So, riding a bike in the wind. It's um, and... Um, Colin said to me, he's like, dude, how, how have you had a new bike for a week at this point and you haven't ridden it yet? I don't know. Just, I rode my bike a lot this year. I'm doing other stuff. Well, and it's also, you know, it's, it's like asking the baker, how did you bake that new flavor of insert anything and not eat any? And he's like, I don't know. I'm in a bakery all the time, dude. Like you're surrounded by new bikes all the time. Sure. But it's, you know, it's my new bike. No, I understand. It's your (laughs) new bike. I think you already have your new bike sold. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like for in the springtime. Yeah, I'm going to ride it for a little while. But um, (laughs) 
So it, there's there's layers to this question because, uh, as I'm sure Justin would tell you, there were some gaps in my game that could have equated to a better season. Um, most importantly, just a general fitness. That's I think that's when you came up with my plan for this racing season, you said general fitness, bro. Like you're a good bike rider, but you're not low body fat per percentage. You're not high lean muscle mass percentage. Like there's a general fitness component that no amount of, you know, bike specific training is going to help you do a sub nine Leadville. And, um, and now you're, and that's the plan. And that's the plan right now. I mean, I've been having <clears throat> just a ton of fun. I mean, I, I'm riding my bike once a week, so I'm getting a little mental break from that. As much as I love riding my bike, when you when you did the volume that we did this year, just a little bit of a break is nice. I don't mind it. And I've been doing um, a pretty consistent three-day-a-week gym schedule. You've been crushing the gym, by the way. And I'm I'm loving it. Like, I'm, I'm having just a ton of fun doing that. It has nothing to do with, oh, you know, went and deadlifted, blah, 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 or whatever. It's just it's a, it's something different and fun. And it's just a different, different environment, good group of people trying some new stuff at E3, doing some stuff that I haven't new done programming, before. New programming. New yeah, programming. programming. So, um, and so for you, it's just been, how do I overcome fatigue? Well, you've just changed the focus yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. For me, one of the tricks that I have, and I'm still, when you speak of fatigue, I'm so worn out right now. <laughs> uh, so LaRuda starts in 10 days right? Nine days. Starts on the 31st. So next Thursday, and I am like, my body's tired. I'm tired. I feel slow because I've just finished a huge brick of just load. I mean, every week's been well over 120 miles. The rides have been hard. My ride on Saturday was like 55 miles, but with 5,200 feet of elevation gain, and that's on a road bike. Right. So just, I'm wore out and super fatigued. So thinking about 2020, like my first, the first taste of my mouth is quite bitter. It's like, ugh, I don't want to even, you know, I'm, I'm just exhausted. I got to finish this one first. But I have a trick. And my trick is very much how my trick is intra race as well, which is all of the effort that I've exerted this year, all of the races that I've been successful at, all of the goals that I've hit, all the miles I've put down. If I allow myself to have a huge lull and say, hey, I'm done. I need to take a break. I need a mental break, a physical break. I need a, I just need a break. If I allow myself to do that and not already start to plug at what is 2020 going to be, um, then I'll have to re-ramp up. And it'll feel like everything I did this year was something that the chapter closed and that was something in the past. Versus, and here's the trick, everything I've done to this point, I need to leverage that into the next set of goals. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in a bike race and I'm, 80 miles in on a hundred mile race and I want to slow down and get, and get kind of lazy. I think, dude, if I get lazy right now, then I just wasted all the hard effort of those 80 miles leverage that hard effort and stay in the hard effort. And I'll have a great finish that I'll be stoked about. So I've had a great 2019 leverage that stay in that, use that energy to say, man, I don't want to waste that. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. And that's why I don't have a big off pattern, much like triathletes will triathletes. will have like a two month of like nothing. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't see that for me because it feels like that I wasted it. Yeah. And I think this is the first year and I think you can attest to this cause you've known me my entire racing career. This is the first year that I've just rolled right. Like every other year I've ghosted for two months. Right. You went from event to now I start the gym. 
Yeah. Yeah, you've never done that. Never. Never not once. And I think some of that was I like that I don't want to just reset. I don't want to like right now I feel like I could you know, comfortably go finish Leadville next year right. without much major. Like I, I feel like with all that I accomplished and did this year, if I were to just stay consistent through to next August, I wouldn't have to do any event specific training to complete it to sub nine different story. Right. But to just get through it and finish another one. Like I, th- I feel like, so to build on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't, I, I don't want to waste it. So that's a huge part of it too. Yeah. I, I even, um, I even took my trick one step further. So I do like to ski. We talked about it last year. I was trying to balance skiing and, and still training for riding, I think especially around the True Grit because it was in, in March. And so mm-hmm. I was trying to train. Um, I didn't get a ski pass this year. And I didn't not get a ski pass because I'm not going to ski. I didn't get a ski pass because I'm still going to ski probably 30 days or more. But now I have to skin up every time I ski. Right. So You have to be your own lift service. I have to be my own lift, which means... I'll be able to race in March, April, and and not even bad night. Be like, dude, my cardio fitness is still there. Um, you know, maybe a little bit more bike training, but so I I even doubled down on that. I mean, nice. It also helps that I'm quite frugal. But. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, we've talked a lot. You and I have talked a lot um, about what I'm doing next. I don't. I don't. What is? I have no idea. Like you, you ticked some pretty big shit off your list this year. So what is the what is Super Justin next year? Yeah, no. So Super through the through the phone booth. Have is we this. talked about your your no your stuff? No, we haven't. Really. No. So what happened? So 2019 was a huge, huge set of goals, and and dude, I nailed every one of them. Right. Um, you don't know. I don't know how Larude is going to finish up next week, but I hit every goal that I'd set out for myself. So I wanted to win state championship single speed, and it happened. Um, won a handful of races with that. I got to compete at nationals and place quite well. Uh, I got to podium at Leadville, which was the huge goal. And uh, all of that success last year, I leveraged it. And USA Cycling approved me for an upgrade from Cat 1 to Pro XC Mountain Bike. You're a professional mountain biker. So it's got the card, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like I'm, I'm super jacked about it. Um, and I don't know, and there's a hanger to that too, because... I did it because of my success on single speed, which, um, you know, not most single speed races are open fields. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I beat all cat one or pro racers at all of my events. Right. Mm -hmm. There might've just been dudes. So, you know, again, to, to like leverage this year, yes, USAC gave me the pro license, but I also feel like I kind of got it through the single speed route. So my goals for 2020 are to prove that I deserve it. Nice. So, Next week, I'll start LaRuda. That'll be the first race, registered race, that I'll be in the elite field or the pro field. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll have a UCI number, and they'll call me up, which is kind of cool. That'll be a really cool experience. And I just pray that when it all goes green, that I don't get every other UCI pro just to dust my doors <laughs> off me. Like, let me hang with the field. And so, and part of me doesn't know, you know? That's yeah. um, a big thing, because that's one of those things, like, I, even hearing guys on the road – jumping up from cat five which is beginner road cat five to four they'll say it's way faster and i feel like the gap grows each yeah each time you move up yeah yeah i uh so when this happened um it wasn't like i made it here moment 
you know, that was a big goal for the year, like to say, hey, I got to, like, because I've never been pro in anything in my life. Right. You know, and so that's a, I'm, I'm super proud and happy and in, in all the things. Um, but it's not like made it, like plant the flag, yeah, you know? It's now, okay, you just went from, yeah, you won a bunch of races. Um, you're now the worst right. in this next category. Right. Cause you have no, like, you have zero points. So go get some. Yeah. You know? Well, not for nothing. Credit where credit's due. You had an unexpected upgrade at uh, Giddy Up. Yeah. And you finished eighth in the pro field. Yeah. Which was cool. So I thought I won. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was like, no, yeah, you did. But remember that whole like card that whole that you pro got? thing? Yeah, so now you're in this category. <laughs> right. But a top 10 in the field was, you know, over 20, 20 riders. There's some good races. I something. mean, you know, so, Jeff Kabush is no slouch, man. Dude. <laughs> you know what's cool, though, is that he's also like 40. Yeah. So the the thing about this sport is that there is tenure. So I'm 36 years old now, and you get to be like, I'm pro. There's yeah. still a lot of future there. Um. My the thing that like warms my heart for like the old guys is that Ned Overend and anybody I'm not gonna tell you who Ned Overend is. You just have to go look it up. Know that he's in his 60s and still crushing 20 year olds. Dude, smashing them, still yeah. winning races. That guy was, I mean, he was a he's probably in his 20s when I got into mountain biking in the 90s. He's technically in. The, he's like he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but not Hall of Fame like football Hall of Fame. They're all like. <laughs> overweight crusty and i yeah. start trying to walk he's hall of fame and still racing yeah yeah the so, guys like seriously anybody that doesn't new to the sport or hasn't been around it for for too long um look the guy up because he's the that's the epitome of the tenure thing dude and his training strategies are cool too he doesn't train more than an hour yeah ever but then he'll go out and do an eight hour race and just destroy it so anyway so uh, I'm going to leverage it. So for me, 20, so 2019, thank you for bringing that up, was huge. Um, got to walk away as a, as a pro mountain biker, which I want to leverage into a bunch of different things. Mm -hmm. um, but most specifically now, I want to prove it. Yeah. Is there an A event for you, or is it just like the whole year's an A event to like... Next year? Like put your stamp on being a pro. Yeah. Nope. I got three A events, two of which are going to really apply. <laughs> <coughs> also why I, I decided not to work <clears throat> with a coach, because they say you can't do that. Yeah. You can't have three A events. Oh, okay. One well, of them... Yeah. Well, watch me. Well, watch 2019 I did. Yeah. Um, so and, and they're spaced out really far away. So A event number one will be Mountain Bike Marathon Nationals which is in Palo Duro Canyon, Texas, in the first part of the year. I believe it's in May. So the marathon distance, 50-miler, I'll race single speed and compete on the national stage for a championship at that distance um, as a pro, pro single speed. Okay. So um, I think I'm built for that course. It's very similar to a lot of like what we do at Buff Creek. And so I think I can do really well out there. A race number two will be going back to nationals here in Winter Park for the XC distance, and that'll be in July. Single speed. Single speed. Um, in racing then I took uh, seventh this year and you know this next year it's not how do I finish and stack up like I want to I want to win I'm going to go with that attitude so those are the two big A events mm -hmm. so both on the national, national level, titles national titles with USAC I'll do a bunch of other races I'm going to do like the epic rides I think I'm going to do that whole series single speed because that draws a huge field mm -hmm. um and i'll do a bunch of them that we've already done but in terms of like what are we going to focus on the two national national titles nice and then uh the third a event next year will be <clears throat> colorado trail race oh yeah 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 which so you and derek did a little 
test pilot program right uh of a little overnight bike packing Colorado Trail action. Cuz I've had a sordid relationship with bike packing. Yeah, and Colorado Trail. And the Colorado Trail. Like can like the whole thought it, it's like the hottest girl you ever met and you might have gone on one date with her and then you're like, dude, she is a pain in the ass. Like it's got to be the fancy restaurants, it's got to be this. She asked me to hold her purse while she went to the bathroom and then what was she doing in there? Like god, you're just a pain in my ass, hot chick. Yeah. That's my relationship with bike. Like Bikepacking looks romantic. The pictures are amazing. It's like the like the van life thing. And then you get out there and you do it, and you're like, my bike's heavy as shit. It's not that much fun to ride. It doesn't handle how it's supposed to. Right. And like, I'm always hungry. This is not fun. I'm always hungry. I'm always cold. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got dirty chamois on. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, there's nothing good here. So Derek and I did a little test run, and it came off really. It came off quite nice. We planned to do the race. You don't race with somebody, but we plan to do it with one another as support. Right. Um, I think when you're unsupported for 550 miles over that distance, you know, that distance and that kind of remoteness, like having a a buddy yeah, I mean, probably is just smart. Yeah. Honestly. And it probably would have happened organically anyway. Yeah. You would end up budding up with somebody. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, that's what we want to put out there. And, and the thing is I have to make it an A event. Even though it's an unofficial start and an unofficial finish, right? And everything's unofficial, right? Yeah, yeah. What is so? I want to. Didn't like. Isn't the course record for that race like seventy six hours? Well, this year one of the education education first riders okay went and did it not as part of the race. He did it on his own and he broke four days, so he was under four days, and that's the first time that has happened. Jesus, that's insane. So the, the course records in both directions were just north of four days mm-hmm. um, as part of the event. So mm-hmm. this this coming 2020, the event will start at Waterton Canyon and finishes in Durango. It's unsupported. You technically can't even mail stuff ahead. You really have to take care of yourself the mm-hmm. whole way through. Um, trail angels can happen, but they can't be scripted. Right. So like, you can't call me can't to be, be like, yeah, to, yeah, exactly. Harley hooks it up in the middle of like a shit ton area where there's no water. Right. If it happens organically, I come across some like hippie convent and yeah. they're all <laughs> butt naked dancing with daffodils in their hands and they offer you some like peyote. You can eat it for nutritional value and, and entertainment value. And then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, that really is kind of the, the epitome of like a big backcountry unsupported race. Yeah, I think it really, what it is, to my defense a bit on the single speed, not everybody that I raced against was pro, but being single speed alone is already a massive filter. Mm-hmm. So you are racing against high caliber people for the most part, or at least some gritty, mean, tough sons of bitches. Right. The Colorado Trail race is the same thing. Like everyone who it's shows the up. next level. Yeah, maybe 35, 40 people at the start line, but they're all just in it. You yeah. Know? That day that we... um that first time that we did, or the only time we did the Kenosha to Breck, we saw a bunch of people coming back. Yeah, tail they were end part, of the race. Yeah, the tail end of it. Yeah, so and, that's a that's a nasty race, man. And there, so it alternates years or alternates direction every year. Is are you guys doing it the good direction or the bad direction? Oh, thank God! If it was the other way, I'm out. Full stop, <laughs> as you say. It's Denver to Durango. Right. So you get to go down the chunkiest, worst part. Right. Which I only have experience going up. Pushing your bike. Yeah. Pushing a, a rigid twenty nine plus, fifty three pound bicycle. <laughs> sounds like, awful. So. so, so those are the three the, yeah. the three events: national titles, and then 
Yeah. And you've got to play in, and again, you know, I think to kind of circle back around and stay a little bit on track, knowing that those events exist, you as a fitness professional and not needing a coach and not needing to defer necessarily to professional, you have a plan in place of what the next eight weeks looks like. And then moving into like more specific specificity for the events and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Because at that, when you get to that level that kind of talking about racing at, you know, for most people, if you're going to do a 22 mile race or you're going to do Leadville 100, like at the end of the day, just ride your bike a shit ton and mm -hmm. lose some weight and ride your bike and mm -hmm. make sure you're balanced muscularly and you know how to use all your muscles. It works. But when you're saying, Hey, I want to really perform here. Yeah. The way I train for a marathon distance is wildly different from how you train for an XC distance. Mm -hmm. And I actually got a, a smack in the face of that this weekend in in this last week because I'm coming into Laruda, which sounds like an endurance event, but really each of the days are pretty high octane. You know, it's a seven hour day, a five hour day, and a two and a half hour day as a stage race. And it's all done it at a high octane. So you can't train ultra endurance and then expect yourself to perform really high. So yeah, I have a way that I'm going to move throughout that. That said, you give me a lot of credit. It doesn't mean that it's easy to accept my plan. Right. That's fair. But you at least, you have an outline of a plan in your head. Right. Yeah. You know, in uh, on paper. I'm yeah, not going to okay. lie. There you go. It's uh. on paper. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of people probably listening that, that don't have like, those are, you know, I'll be honest with you, the podcast has helped, right? Because, we can't get behind this mic and say, "Hey, D, fire us up," and be like, "I don't know what we're going to do." I don't know do. what I'm going to do. I'm just I'm going to do some bench presses <laughs> yeah. and I might pedal a little bit. Right. Like, <laughs> I bought a new bike. Check out my red stickers. Yeah, exactly. Right? No, we have to, by default of what we're um, fortunate enough to steward, which is this community of bikers and fitness dorks and a podcast. We spend more time thinking about these things than maybe others, especially in October, mm -hmm. um, because frankly. Half of our customers, well, your half of your customers rather, because mine, like it's the inverse, right? When it gets cold and crappy outside, the gym, like this morning, the gym was full tilt boogie. You're right. I had to open up a new rack of shower towels because it was just, it was cr crazy <laughs> yeah. busy. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the shop can do some more maintenance stuff in the winter months. Not that you yeah. guys aren't busy, you yeah. are. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's definitely, there's definitely like a list of winter projects. Right. And so <laughs> a lot of the, riders only people right might need some help like probing some of these thoughts like mm -hmm. what am i going to do for 2020 and we came up with some good ideas yeah to I mean, help them so for me you know i mentioned the gym the other thing i'm really trying to focus on is building better bike skills once well, you just did a clinic I did two mondays back to back uh with coach andy winneratsky from dirt smart mtb um I'm going to have to make a bunch of notes to, to link show notes because um, Dirt Smart, I just need to write this down real quick. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I want to have you guys be able to uh, to have some some context when we talk about these things. Coach Andy was on the, the podcast a handful of months ago, um, and one of, the, one of the first text messages I made after talking with Justin and, and saying, like, making that – that admission that I wanted to, cause that's what it was for me. Like it was, it was stewing in the back of my head and you and I uh, worked out together that day. And about halfway through, I was like, dude, I want to want to race. And, um, on the heels of that, I went out to my truck and I, I texted Andy. I was like, I can get as fit as I want, but I need to be a better bike rider. And so, uh, we did, uh, two, two back-to-back -back Monday clinics with Andy. 
a lot of it was refresher for me and, and Colin was there. Um, but you know that we're, I made the commitment and, and worked with him to, to say, Hey, we're going to really work on skills this year because all the fitness in the world won't get you up a technical climb if you don't know how to do it. Right. Can't win a race if you can't get up the technical climb. And I just want to bring credit to this. You're not sound, you're not flip floppy here because, you know, 20 minutes ago you said when we talked about your fitness, it was, hey, no matter amount of, no matter how good you are riding a bike, we still got to get your general fitness down. But at the same token, you're forecasting like my fitness will be at a point where I will then also yeah. have to have that bike skill. It's so, it's it's looking at it. I'm I'm it, admittedly I'm making a a concerted effort here to have a really well-rounded package. Right. You know, not be, um, I went for a ride with a, this guy, Matt, who's a super fast road racer. And, uh, we went for a mountain bike ride and the joke was, you know, he's a Corvette on gravel. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. Like guys, super fast on anything that he could just pedal. But the second he had to ride the bike. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. Not to not to flip flop. I mean, yeah, the assumption for me is that there's going to be a level of fitness that then I need to handle the bike better to be able to accomplish the goals. Is it so? When you're in a clinic with him, I mean, this is totally off top. Well, it's on. But <laughs> no. Do you walk out of there immediately and you're like, oh my god, that felt different right now? I sent you that picture of me doing that corner. Yeah, which was an awesome, like, best picture of you doing a corner ever. Like, look at the, if you go to our website right now, the main picture that's on there, you're doing a corner and it's not the same corner as the picture you sent me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, when you get those, even when we do our little clinics where I'm trying to distill some part of Andy's curriculum down to a four hour message for a bunch of newbies, even in doing those, I'm like, man, I'm not doing any of the shit I'm supposed to be doing on my mountain bike. Cause there's, I mean, it's a lot. Um, so yeah. And, and, you know, going through the, the cornering stuff and the vision stuff and the breaking stuff, like getting that refresher, like you in that moment, you feel instant results. And the big thing for me is then taking, like not having that freak out, like I need to get miles and saying, Hey man, a day a week, even if you don't burn a ton, ton of calories and you don't have tired muscles at the end of it it's going to be super important to go to a parking lot and work on these skills. So that's going to be, or go to the Ruby Hill uh, bike park or just something where it's not a workout in the traditional sense, but it's going to build the skill set to go with the rest of it. Uh, speaking of Ruby Hill, <clears throat> you're going to want to find yourself there this week. I've not confirmed exactly what day, but I think it's going to be Thursday. Mm -hmm. So, I have a habit of gambling on the Iowa Hawkeyes football and they always lose um, <laughs> against the people I gamble with. And so I have, and I think we've talked about this before, but I've ridden a, a cruiser bike up Mount, Mount Falcon, Falcon, right? You a, lose a lot of bets. Yeah. In a full speed suit with a TT helmet on. And I have uh, ridden a single speed up lookout mountain as a, as a lost bet. I've done a hundred burpees in a row. I have eaten cinnamon, you ate a bun, Cinnabon. two Cinnabon, um, on the gym floor during a workout. <laughs> so people had to watch me. It felt horrible. So I've done some, and I, I rarely do I win. Right. So Penn State and Iowa played a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and I decided to bet Dan, um, and we, I lost. And the bet was this. We're going to do it this week. 
I have to go to Ruby Hill in a full XC kit on an XC bike. Now, Ruby Hill, if you guys aren't familiar, for those of you listening, it's a awesome park built by Denver, Denver City, that is slope-style jump lines. So slope-style jumps and berms and wooden features and super cool place to hone your skills. And they have extra small all the way up to extra large courses that have insane jumps I could never do. But it's that. Think of a super small downhill track. Okay. Well, I have to go there in a full XC kit XC race mode, like with goo packs and the whole nine. And I have to do 10 hot laps in full race mode without breaking race character. So while people are out there like having a good old time, like sending stuff, I have to hammer up and say on your left, use my bell and then send the downhill course at full (laughs) tilt for 10 full laps as a lost bet. Oh, I, uh, I think, I think I may have to be, I think we need video content. Yeah. Put it this way. Dan made me drape a Michigan or a Penn State flag on my shoulders like a cape. And so I highly doubt he's going to allow, he posted that. I highly doubt he's going to allow this event to go by without being on socials. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so if you, if, yeah. if so you're the, not in the, our position, yeah. Go ahead. Um, if you're not in our position with the podcast and kind of like we're in the industry, how do you plan 2020? First tip uh, is to ask this question Do you want to repeat events that you did last year? to see how good you are in this next season, okay? So you're going to have a period of training, of focus, of energy. Maybe you're going to buy a new bike. Maybe you're going to work on some skills that you don't have. Do you want to take events you did last year and optimize yourself to do even better at them? Now, a ton of people do this. Insert every Olympic athlete on the planet. They're not Olympic athletes in a ton of disciplines. There are. I run the 110 meters mm-hmm. uh, hurdles. 110 meter hurdles, that's my event year over year over year. I want to track if I get better on that event. That's a great way to do these also because there's a lot to be said for course knowledge and experience on an event. So um, I remember training for Leadville, doing Silver Rush the second time, talking with, I was up with a fast group and saying I was going back for Leadville to try to break sub nine. They go, what'd you get your first year? I go, 9.15. They said, oh dude, you'll cut an hour off that just with race knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I went back that year and I I didn't cut an hour, but I cut 42 minutes, right? close. So race knowledge is great. So do you want to repeat something you did last year and look for a better result, look for successes, see something on a very uh, on the same event? Um, or the other option is to build on those and take it a step further. So, hey, you did, you know, the Winter Park Series, which are all 15 to 23-mile races. I'm going to now sign up for a 50-mile race. Or I did the Grand Traverse, which is a 40-mile backcountry race. I was out there for a lot of hours. I'm going to take that and now I'm going to leverage that into maybe a Leadville or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So there's two, two ways to look at it. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Grand Traverse, I, uh, my, one of my favorite mountain bikers right now is, is Dan Larson. <laughs> I know why he's your favorite mountain biker. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's, I <laughs> genuinely enjoy watching evolution. I think you do too. No, I do. And, uh, Dan finished in the top third of the field at Grand Traverse on exactly the wrong bike and all the wrong equipment. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> flat, <laughs> flat pedals, flat pedals, 32 pound bike, way too. I mean, like he did. He did go without the camelback. Yeah. And you followed us our advice there. But yeah, that was it. That was it. Um, and now he got like he's still going to ride for fun because uh, he's got he's got the best bike quiver. He's yeah. got a big bike and a little bike. Yeah, I love it. Um, but he's like he came and got clipless pedals and shoes, and then berated us for not telling him to do it sooner. And um, he said, 
you know, better friends and mentors would have had me on clip sooner. <laughs> we said something like, you know, you can lead a horse, lead to, a water. horse to water, man. <laughs> um, but that's been a, just, you, you say Grand Traverse, and I'm just like watching him like get excited for next year. So you say evolution. I say, uh, we, if you haven't seen the new Joker movie yet. I have not. Yeah. So that guy's crazy. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, Dan, if you're listening, you, you are listening, um, you're crazy too. He, it, I get to see him and his wife in the gym uh-huh. and I get to see them interact. And sometimes I'll just, you know, I like to see where my relationship stacks up with, with others because I have a lot of bikes in my garage. And fortunately I don't have any pushback from the wife is great. Right. So I did bring it up. I go, so Adrian, what do you think about Dan buying this other like $11,000 bike? And she's like, oh yeah, like he needs to, and just goes off. <laughs> I was like, oh dude. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, he's all the way in. He is. And he's going to have a great race season. He's got, it was so funny because right after Grand Traverse, he had, he's like, he, I don't think he did the, like, I don't want to look at a bike thing. He told me at the finish line of Grand Traverse, I'm not racing again. Yeah. He's like, I did my race thing. And now he has a race bike. Now he bought a race bike and he's doing Leadville 100. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, to circle back around, like, yeah, the, uh, so for me, I had two big events or not two big events. I had one big event, but, um, I will not repeat Breck Epic this year. Right. I'll do Breck Epic. I, I don't doubt that that's a race that I revisit. I'll do Breck Epic again because it's the best mountain bike race. It is the best. And I want to do it again. And just, um, just to repeat that, um, that's the best mountain bike mm-hmm. event. I, I agree. If you like riding mountain bikes. The BV Outlaw two weekends ago was very similar too. Um, anytime a course is like almost all single track, that's great. Yeah. So, um, but I'm not. I don't want to repeat that one for a better result. Right. I just that that's an experience thing, you know. Um, but this year I've done Golden Giddy Up, a little local race out here in Golden, Colorado that is just finished its fourth year, and. Um, I did the best I've ever done. By a bit, too. By quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, I PR'd a lot of sections, um, in some case by up to four minutes on time sections. Um, and so for next year, for me, I want to build on that, and I want to do better. And, of course, revisiting Leadville, like how many finisher buckles can you get before you're just like, all right, we need to get the big one and kind of be done with this one. I don't think you're going to be done with Leadville I won't. Ever. I fucking won't. Um, it's funny, so... <laughs> Harley gave me a, uh, I'm speaking third person on him or something. I don't know what it would be in this case, but so two years ago at the Tatanka 100, I had crashed prior to the 100 at the GoPro games and I tore my bibs, uh, an E3 fitness kit we had co-branded together. And I tore the bibs and shredded my leg. As a matter of fact, I still have scarring from that, which is crazy. And I was going to Tatanka 100, the next weekend or two weekends afterwards. And I'm like bummed because I wanted my E3 kit and Harley goes, I have an E3 kit and that old bike shop logo that we're not a part of anymore. And he goes, you can have my kit. And so I go, cool. Thanks a lot. And that's real friendship. Like, because nasty shit happens in your kits, like in your, in your chamois. So he gives it to me. He says it's clean. I wash it anyway, because he doesn't use laundry soap. That smells good. He uses like hippie bullshit laundry soap that doesn't even work. So I wash it in Tide, like an adult, and I use it for the 100. Fast forward about a year, more than a year. It was like this, it was like July. Yeah, it wasn't long ago. So (laughs) I've now had this kit gifted back to me, or to me, 
and I'm using it. Like yeah. I raced in it several times. Yep. And uh, I did La Ruta last year in it. And trust me, bad stuff happens at La Ruta in your kits. He comes to me and he says, hey, man, like I was looking at my cars the other day and I have a lot of kits, but a lot of them like mean something to me. And that one E3 kit I gave you, well, I was like the kit that I came back to Leadville after not completing Leadville the year before. And then I completed Leadville and it was in that kit. So I have a cool memory. Like, can I, can I have that kit back? And as a real good friend, yeah. I, of course I gave it back to yeah. you. Why wouldn't I? Smelling like Tide. Smelling like Tide, which you said hurt your skin or something to that yeah. effect. Leadville's in your soul. It is. And so this is a fantastic goal for 2020. It's a great race. I like people want to talk shit on it. But it is a good race. Yeah, you. The people who talk shit on it are the I same. I even people. talk shit about it. Yeah, you do. But they're the same people that, when a song gets popular, they say that song sucks. Yeah. No, like the song is actually good. Yeah. Like Starbucks is good. I don't well, care. Yeah. I, listen to me. I'll say it again. Starbucks <laughs> is good. Yeah, it's super big, and you can find like faults with it. But you like one when you're in the middle of fucking Kansas yeah. on a road trip, don't you? Mm-hmm. So Leadville's fucking awesome. Yeah. Okay. And I will sign up for it every year in the lottery. I may not go out of my way to qualify, but I'm gonna always sign up for and it. And I think that's where I'm at. Like because the the sub nine is is a is part of next year, I'll go as far as doing a silver rush. Right. But that's it. <laughs> Which and that and that's a good fair way for it to work out. Like there's way. a lot of opportunities. Um there's and there's loots in ninety nine, there's I mean there's a hundred things all the way up until two weeks before the race, you can go do the stage race and get in. Right. Um, but I'm going to go as far as silver signing up, doing silver rush if I don't get in. And and then after that, I think take the same approach. Like throw if, the name in every year and see what happens. So you sub nine next year. You get successful on that. And then we have this approach where, you know, year over year, we just sign up just mm-hmm. because we do. Would you ever tandem bike race it with me? No. Really? Never. Like you didn't even hesitate. I don't want to. What if we switched positions, Stoker versus driver, every aid station or something? No. Hard no. Hard no. Tell me why. The, you know how there's sometimes there's things that just don't appeal to you in any way, shape, or form. That's one of those things for me. There's no, there's no part of it that I'm like that seems like a fun thing to do. Even as like a foolish, I think that where I want ten hours go, is a long time to put up with a bad decision. Well, then let's go sub nine. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like, you know, a lot of people do the 10-year buckle, and I don't have a goal to do the 10-year buckle. Yeah. But if I do happen to get in and continue to get in, I think I'll just always mix up what I use. Yeah. Like, just something simple, even, just to keep yeah. it fun. Like, maybe I put drop bars on a full suspension. Right. Mountain bike. I don't know. There's a there's a bike builder here in Colorado uh, who, uh, his company is called Black Sheep. It's this dude, James. And in 2017, I raced with him for the whole day. And I'm like, this guy is a psychopath. So he makes bikes. Um, he makes beautiful bikes. Um, and uh, he was riding on a 29 plus titanium full rigid with a coaster brake single speed. <laughs> what? And, and why? One would ask. He, he makes a new bike every year to do something stupid on. Like he every year he does. He and he had that that year was his tenth year. He got his ten year buckle that year. And every year he makes some ridiculous machine to race Leadville on. You know, that is... The we s- saw him bail out when we ran support for all the boys last year. Right. Or two years ago. He peeled off it. That was the first year he ever DNF'd. You know, there's... Like, that guy mm-hmm. is... If there was a... 
you know, what is the essence of a true cyclist? He's the, that's the guy. Oh yeah. <clears throat> you know, not caught up in just doing the thing or, or the results or the, whatever, like just the, I'm here for the joy. Yeah. And this is how I make it fun. Yep. Um, all right. So we're, we're all over the place, but I think we're getting some nuggets in here. Um, so setting a plan for 2020. Yeah. I think we kind of need to requires put a bow on it all. Yeah. So it requires imagining what a successful 2020 will be like. So kind of that phone booth concept, like going to the super you, Mm -hmm. um, and that's different for everybody. And then ignore how beat up maybe you feel from a year's worth of effort to the 19 goals and say, hey, instead of wasting that, let me leverage that. What can what little things can I do? Like work with a worth up with a professional or a mentor, or at least asking someone's advice on setting a plan or just getting feedback from people that you respect. But leverage that effort instead of treating it as, oh, that was hard. I need a break from that. I'll start again sometime later. Because sometime later, it'll A come way way sooner than you want it to. And B, um, when you get to that point where you have to make the decision you'll realize how much better you would have been doing it three months earlier. Yep. Um, And then lastly, if you're looking at, well, I don't even know where to begin. Look at what you did last year. And if it was events, great. Maybe it was, I got a new bike. Maybe it was, I joined a new community of people. Whatever you did last year that helped you become a better you, ask yourself if you want to do that again and just look for a better result. Or if you want to build upon that and just take one more step to the, no finish line future, <laughs> just the one more step mm-hmm. philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's all, uh, it's all super good advice. I did kind of have one question, you know, kind of bearing and like creating that plan. I feel like I see a lot of people, like if, if we were looking at a graph of their training, especially when they're a year out, you would see this major spike and then a taper, like a major spike in activity, like zero to a hundred. Right. And then it'll drop down to 30 and then they'll like land somewhere back at 50, you know, up to, up to the event. Would you rather see a gradual increase in volume over the course of a 10 month goal set? So and we've used this analogy quite often, but we don't need to hyper tune a Honda Civic. Yeah. Right. And so some of the cycling plans, these spikes in these valleys, like a build phase and then recovery phase and then an intensity phase. And some of it's a little too complex. And so as you're asking that question, here's what I'm thinking. Um, I raced the, the BV Outlaw two weekends ago. I raced single speed. Um, I signed up for single speed because I had a bigger field. The pro field only had a racer in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up racing with him, and he was a good like uh, rabbit to chase. He was on a geared bike. And at the end of the event, we kind of created a friendship and hung out quite a bit. Um, he took first overall of the whole event. I won the single speed, but I happened to be third overall of the whole event. So mm-hmm. we were chatting, and I Strava trolled him, and I looked at where he was for the year, and he has a private profile, but you can see like certain statistics. Mm-hmm. I've ridden 3,795 miles this year to date on the bike. I don't include any indoor mileage, but 3,800 miles on the bike. I looked him up, 9,750 miles. Jesus. Now, he ran a 715 Leadville this year, so he was up with the top. I mean, he's yeah, a pro. Yeah, he's a pro. Okay? He ran a 715 Leadville. Um, I ran an 830 on a single speed. 9,000, almost 10,000 miles already yeah. this and year. And there's still time left. Tons of time left. And so when I have, I think I've, my evolution has been very vocal on this podcast, as has yours, 
And I'm always looking like, man, how does that guy do that? Well, he rode 10,000 miles. You've ridden 3,800. Mm-hmm. That's why he's that much better than you. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to a ramp up versus like peaks and valleys and strategizing it, if you want to be your best, you just got to do a whole hell of a lot more. Yeah. And that's just, what they prove. I just, I know so many people right now who are talking about a Leadville for next year. And I'm, I'm because this is a forum for us to address a lot of yeah. them all at once. You better, you better buy a damn gravel bike. You better get some warm weather riding gear yeah. and not think that the winter is for family ski weekends. Right. You better keep moving. Yeah. You got to. But maybe avoid a fever pitch where you burn out in February. Yeah. No, yeah. You don't need to be working on cadence drills. You don't need to be doing two 30-mile rides back-to-back. Mm-hmm. You don't need to prove in November you can ride 50 miles because mm-hmm. you're going to race 100 next August. Yeah. Just do more, you know, in yeah. a, ra- a gradual buildup. So sure. you do need to make an E3 shirt that just says, just do more. I know, man. <laughs> because every time I want to bug you with something stupid. That's my response? No. I I just know you're yeah. going like, to gonna, you're gonna be the consummate professional, and you're going to say, well, okay, you know, let's do an in-body, and let's do that, and let's look at, do a food journal for me. And in the back of your mind, every time you're saying, let's do an in-body, what you mean is, just do more. Just do more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're not happy with where you're at right now? Yeah. You cool. should, you uh, should you probably should, do more. Just do more. Like whatever you're doing right now <laughs> yeah. is not enough. Yeah. So <laughs> notice that, know that I put a lot of my questions through that filter. <laughs> it, I mean, it, 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 it is. And it's, it's oftentimes because we just <laughs> fuck Nike, not just do it. Just do no, more. Just do more. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Um, I think that's probably a pretty good little primer for moving into the next season. Yeah, here's what, and we're going to get into our sponsors real quick because we have a bunch of discount codes for you guys. Yep. Uh, another way to get jacked up and buy a bunch of new shit. Yeah, um, that is that, that is will, a really good way. And, like, and this is not like uh, buy a bunch of new shit. We're selling like Basecamp wants to sell a bunch of material. We're literally giving you guys direct co- to consumer yeah. codes for the company's websites. Yeah, go on there, buy some shit for free, get jacked for cheap, not, get, yeah. get jacked up, um, and do that. But uh, I want to ask you guys this. You please use our website or um, our hashtag or hit us on Instagram, uh, on all the socials. And if you already have made a 2020 plan or you listen to this episode and it's gotten you kind of fired up or thinking about, hey, this is my plan, put that out there. We want to interact with you yeah. guys. Put it um, out there. Tag us. Yeah. Tag us on it. A funny thing about Harley just mentioned on air for the first time that he's going to do A, a podium try and B, a big buckle at Leadville. I just said I'm going to try to compete for national titles. Yeah. Guess what? That shit's real now. Mm-hmm. No matter how tired we get in the future, it's real. It's going to happen, and you guys can have that same luxury, but please tag us. We want to see it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, so that is the, one of the things that's been exciting is building relationships with companies. Um, some of them were organic. Some of them were based on um, existing relationships. Um but at the end of the day, we had some people that were happy to jump on for 2020 uh, season. And so the coupon codes for all of these companies are going to be universally no ride around, all one word, all lowercase. And you can use at checkout for all these guys. You'll be able to get varying discounts. So we're going to jump into that. Um, Crank Brothers, um, they did our wheels pedals and seat posts this year any purchase on their website over 100 bucks is good for 15 percent off um if you want a set of wheels that's a decent chunk of change yeah 
um, junk headbands, um, 20% off, uh, amp human performance, the magic snake oil, no fatigue, make your legs forget yesterday's workout. Uh, super goo, super goo. Um, 20% off, uh, that one you need to use soon. Yeah. November 23rd. Um, buy it up guys. It's yeah. good. It's a one-time code. So you get one purchase with it. 20% off. Listen, load up on the stuff. I'm yeah. taking two bottles to La Ruta. Yep. I'm gonna. I went through a bottle in a week. Yeah, as as well as the die. Epic whole bottle. Yeah. So, um, with that twenty percent off, I'm sure the stuff's not cheap. But go ahead, throw down, uh, get it at least one to try, and then wish you had bought more later. Uh, <laughs> um, we're gonna continue to work with our friends over at Color Up Therapeutics um, for all of our topical, sublingual, and capsule form cbd needs dude don't forget the bath bomb the bath bomb i never ended up using any of them oh we used a bath bomb last weekend super <laughs> super yuppie we were at the ritz carlton bachelor's gulch yeah working for a company they hooked us up with a room it was cool and i come back into the room and abby's in a full-on cbd bath <laughs> um totally just yeah. content and uh they do have products that contain zero thc if you're uh, in an environment where you can't have that show up um, in your system. So, um, 15% off with those guys. And then a little outlier, um, just a little 10% discount on Portland design works. Um, Justin likes them for the shiny object, uh, CO2 inflator. And we don't sell them here at the shop, but not for nothing. They do make the most comfortable dropper post lever I've ever put my thumb on. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. They're a super like just crafty little company yeah. with some cool product. So, uh, those are everybody who is so far supporting us for, for 2020. We have some much bigger sponsors in the works, um, that we just, we don't have full details yet to share with. Um, but we're looking forward to hearing back from those guys and seeing what that all looks like. So guys, get on it. Start thinking now. Um, you don't have to necessarily move on it now, but just think and start to sketch that thing down, share it with us on socials, put some thought behind 2020. I just built my staff schedule through uh, January 11, 2020. I just built it this afternoon. Nice. It's kind of depressing because I was like, wow, that, there goes the year. Yep. Um, but that's how fast it'll happen. Yeah. And you'll think the same thing next year. Yeah. So um, meanwhile, it's windy, but it's still sunny. So get out there, ride your bike, go to the gym, go have some fun. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next one. Go, we You're done. So get the fuck out. Go, we You're done. So get the fuck out! You're weak! You're done! So get the fuck out!